check. Check, because I, I did take my uh, desk apart, so I probably bumped the... <laughs> All right, yeah, I've got you back at 100 now. You sound much better. Okay. Cool. As long as Watson doesn't make an appearance. Oh, he's not here. Oh, is he in a box somewhere? He's at a friend's, he's at a friend's house. Is it a box with no holes? No, he has a. Uh, there's another house that he likes to play at. They have three dogs. Aw. He goes there. He has more friends than I do. He knows where he's going, too. He got really excited when, like, when we started driving up the hill. <laughs> He knows the vet is in that direction. He doesn't. He doesn't actually mind the vet, from what I've noticed so far. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It's always an ordeal getting the getting the cats wrangled. It has to be like a. We have to schedule it in the afternoon, because <laughs> that way Jess, because Jess comes home from work early just so she can wrangle Daisy, because Daisy is like her cat, and like she won't let me go near her most of the time. Really. Uh. So yeah, she's a mama's girl. So Jess has to. Uh you know, break her, her trust. <laughs> Be like, Hey Daisy jam in the carrier and, you know, escape with some wounds. Anyway, it's an ordeal. Bucky doesn't give a crap. He's just, he's easy. He actually does this fun thing where I'll take him into the vet and he's done this twice now where, uh, like you're in like the, the examination room and I'll take him out of the carrier and look around. And then he jumps down on the floor, goes over to the cabinet hooks his little paw around the door handle and then just freaking climbs in the cabinet. Right. Like uh, like Ralphie in A Christmas Story. Right. And he'll just chill in there. That's funny. I don't know, man. He's smart. He'll do that when I'm in the shower too. I'll just hear doors slamming and then I have to like figure out what cabinet he crawled into so I can let him out. That's. I, I, I'm glad the Watson can't do that. I don't think he'll fit. <laughs> uh, he can reach the counter now though. So I, I'm learning more than anything Uh-oh. like having a dog is... Like you, you take your dog to puppy school, but it's more like human school for work for living with puppies, because <laughs> you're you're learning more about your behaviors and how you communicate and uh, things like things like that. So it's it's more about like managing triggers, right? You see your dog do something, that means they're going to do this other thing. You may or may not want that, so you have to like head them off at the pass or you know change how you approach something or change how you change where you leave your bacon or, you know, like don't leave bacon on the counter. Like, you can't, you can't do that anymore because the dog will smell it and he'll get up there. It's interesting. You could, you could kind of frame a lot of life's learning opportunities as, uh, being schooled versus schooling. Like if you frame it that way, it, uh, certain things can seem more like self-improvement as opposed to like, you know, uh, I don't know, school hard knocks or whatever. Well, and the other thing too is like, it's the it's the opposite direction, right? So you say I'm going to puppy school so my dog can learn how to be a well-behaved dog, and in in reality, when you get there, it's more about you than the dog, right? Because you have to first learn how to behave in such a way so the dog can then respond to that behavior, right? So it's sort of a two-way street, uh, and and. I don't know. I feel like a lot of things, especially like working with people, maybe in a professional environment or working with other programmers or just living life. It's, it's more about how you conduct yourself and it's more about how you think, like how, how you reflect on what you're doing and how that's coming off, uh, to the people around you. I I don't know. That's been like a big lesson I'm learning maybe is trying to think more about that. And it's funny how, having an animal that can't take care of itself forces you to uh, sort of inwardly reflect on these things. And I hopefully become a better person. It's like teaching me a lot about patience. 
you know, uh, teaching me a lot about, uh, unconditional caring, I suppose. Like <laughs> my dog does a lot of gross stuff and I still have to like care about him and take care of him, you know, and the gross stuff, uh, doesn't get to me as much as I thought it would. So like, I, I hate spit. I don't like spit. Other people spit, keep it away. Animal spit dis- is disgusting, but I'm learning to like tolerate Watson's spit because I care about him. If that makes sense. I think if we just rewound this and ADR'd in, replaced every instance of dog with child or baby, <laughs> right? It all still holds up. Don't put that on me. That's what was what it? <laughs> friend of the show Kevin was saying that I was I was explaining or I was talking about life with Watson. <clears throat> I forget what I was saying specifically. He was doing some wild stuff, and he was like, "Oh, you're ready for a kid?" And I was like, "Nope." Quit Discord. Threw the computer in the garbage. <laughs> Ron Swanson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's too bad I can't put gifts in a podcast. Too bad, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, as I mentioned last week I'm moving actually tomorrow. So my desk is a a white a small white fold up table that I was using as a standing <laughs> desk outside or like a just an outdoor desk. And my mic clips onto the side of my desk and it's like an arm. And the plastic is is it's obviously not as sturdy as wood because the mic is sagging as I'm sitting here talking. Oh no. Yeah. But the you all's packed You're just going to go through the, just going to go through the episode slowly leaning over a little right, more. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, everything's going well. The U-Haul's packed up. We're leaving tomorrow. The power turned on today. Um, everything was scheduled to turn on today. So we get there tomorrow. Should be good to go. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. Santa Rosa is cool. Yeah. And uh, there's lots of stuff to do and, uh, I'm excited for Jamie and excited for you guys to have your own place and, uh, you know, get some, have your own space and be productive there. That's just great. Well, I'm sort of interested in like, it's, so it feels like a lot of the tech community in Santa Cruz specifically, like there's some meetups and stuff, but it's really mostly, mostly about the Bay Area. So like San Jose is so close. San Francisco is close-ish. I mean, you know, depending yeah, on pe- people who live in Santa Cruz, just like they can't afford to live in the city. So they, the, the tech people who want to be in the city, it's like the, it's like the, uh, you know, yeah, the suburb maybe, to the suburb. Maybe. I think a lot of people also that live here, that's just being a little harsh, to, probably. I get what you're saying. Like I, I wouldn't also, I would have to switch jobs if I wanted to live in the city, but also I wouldn't want to live in the city, I guess. Um, but like it, for, for me, like the city seems closer. Like if you live in the city, you're like, I'm not going anywhere. Like driving to Santa Cruz feels like it would take a decade to get there, you know, because you're so used to like walking down the street and everything's close to you. Whereas Santa Cruz is more spread out, more rural, I suppose. Um, but, but yeah, a lot of the tech community, like meetups and groups and hangouts and stuff all sort of happen away from me because there's so many more people in those places. Right. So there might be small pockets here in Santa Cruz, but I haven't really run across them. So I think Santa Rosa's far enough away and maybe larger like than Santa Cruz. So I think maybe I'm hoping to find like a small community that I can plug into there. Um, you know, meet some other developers, look at some co-working spaces, maybe a little bit, see what's, see what's going on there. I guess. Yeah. Like you said, sort of a, sort of a fresh start. But, yeah, it's definitely very. From my experience, it's it's like there's tech there, but it's it's very much removed from the the valley and the city. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 a different kind of stuff. It's not the kind of startup culture, but there's still lots of smart people and cool companies yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, also, just uh, Petaluma, which is the next kind of the next big town just south of there, uh, 
where they filmed a lot of American Graffiti. If you're an American Graffiti fan, I went all over Petaluma, found all the American Graffiti spots. I know Petaluma because it is the major uh, traffic jam area. <laughs> well, that's also where they have uh, they record This Week in Tech with Leo Laporte and uh, oh, cool. those guys. That's where that is. So yeah, that's something. Yeah, we'll be driving driving by there. Uh, so I'm hopefully looking to find some, you know, some tech communities to, to plug into, but also sometimes moving, uh, means maybe new toys. Right. Uh, so where I'm living now, uh, I'm, I'm leaving my, my router and Wi-Fi set up, uh, here, uh, and, and getting a new setup. And so I have, I've been eyeballing at, what are they, how do you pronounce it? Unify? Ubiquity. Yeah, Unify, I think. Ubiquity, Unify. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. So I've been sort of eyeballing their stuff because friend of the show, Mikhail, does all this this cool networking stuff and he's been showing us their gear and their UIs, which look really nice. So when it came time to buy a new router for the the much smaller apartment, I don't I don't need a mesh setup for our new place. Uh, I ended up picking the Unify Dream Machine. Yes, Dream Machine. Dude, you could not have picked time for this better. And I'll tell you what. So past month or so, I was also looking into doing this because I was fed up with my setup here. I'm running two. I was running an airport extreme downstairs Mm -hmm. and an airport express upstairs, which just used on her PC as like an extender. She, then she like ran the ethernet out the back so she could get ethernet. God, it was such a hack. And like the Wi-Fi wasn't really great in the other side of the house. You know, the whole story, right? Yeah. And so previously before the dream machine, in order to get the same functionality, you had to get uh, a cloud security gateway, which is like the router. You had to get a managed switch, which gives you four ports, and you can, again, manage it. A cloud key, which is a standalone... Uh, it's a standalone Raspberry Pi, for lack of a better word, that like literally just runs their management software. That's 100 bucks, And a Wi-Fi access point. And all four of those things are what the Dream Machine is in one Alexa-sized cylinder, <laughs> for right, lack of right. a better so description. It's, it's basically like, it's the machine that that was, it's marketed directly towards me. Like, I would never, I would never go and buy all these individual pieces and put them together myself. There's, I just wouldn't do that. Uh, and, and really, I think what kind of sold me, and this was kind of probably dumb because this isn't necessarily indicative of the quality of, of uh, a piece of gear, but... The the screenshots of the UIs that Mikhail was sharing looked so nice and so clean and so easy to just reason about and understand, which, I mean, I granted, I have an Orbi system now, and the Orbi is not bad, but man, the, the, the Unify, I can't remember what they call it, but the Unify UI that they have is really nice. It is pretty dope. I mean, we use it at as many of our stations, our remote ham radio stations as possible, which is great because we can manage them remotely, which guess what? That works over WebRTC, so it always freaking works. Uh, that whole UI is just basically piped direct to your browser, so you can manage all the networks remotely. Plus, we use it in two different locations for shooting Wi-Fi uh, between two pieces of property that are separated by a couple miles. <laughs> really? Right? Because like, one site had really crappy DSL, and the other piece of property that was probably a mile or two line of sight was on a road that had good cable. Mm. So we canceled the expensive, crappy DSL and then got two IP addresses that routed to the cable site and we shoot one of them over to the other station. <laughs> we hang these freaking dishes off the ham radio towers and shoot Wi-Fi over. 
That's, it's great. That's pretty cool. It's great. And it's been rock solid and cheap. And it's, oh my God, I, I, I can't say enough good things about the U Bakery stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to experience it. I set it up really quickly. Um, I'm not using it now, um, but I set it up really quickly. It, flawless install. It's super, super nice. Installed the app, found it, found it on the network automatically. So everything up for me, updated the firmware. Just, I was like, oh, well, okay. Five minutes later, I guess it's back. It's time to put it back in the box. We're ready to go. <laughs> you know, that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I, you know, before here I had a, uh, airport extreme and it just crapped out. I don't exactly know why, but it just became a pile of garbage. Uh, and that was when I was in Vermont, which is when I picked up the Orbi and then I moved here, bought two satellites, set it up. So which airport extreme did you have? Do you have the flat one or the tower one? The tower one. Mm, okay. So I was given a dead flat one and, uh, I, do you know how hot they get? They get really freaking hot, right? I've never seen one of the flat ones or like never been around oh. one. Okay. Well, they're, they're kind of like Mac mini size. Uh, and the power supply is in it. Like the, the, you know, the AC to DC converters built into it. Hmm. And, uh, sure enough, they get so hot. The capacitors in them, like basically just blow up and become no good. So it's literally just pop that guy open, uh, found out whatever capacitors were and replaced those. And it's been like, that was fine ever since. So that was kind of awful that I had to do that. But like, that was pretty, uh, empowering to be able to actually repair an apple product imagine that right yeah yeah i remember the day where i'd like swap some new ram in or like swap put an ssd in or something like that just pop it open yeah far far removed from from those days for sure well you you can get a mac pro and you can experience that all over again oh that's right uh shout out to adam adam wathan i don't think he listens to the show but he got a mac pro so i was living i was living through him uh via twitter oh that's awesome so I went, yeah, I don't, I, uh, yeah, obviously there's been a lot of people on social media just sort of saying like, why is this so expensive? And then to which I want to reply, it wasn't made for you as I like roll down the hill backwards, you know, like the, uh, that scene from Stuntman or Hot Rod where he falls down the hill. It wasn't made for you. But anyway, so what I ended up doing was, okay, I went, we really need gifts in this podcast. Right. I, uh. Uh, that was a thing Paul and I would always laugh about. Like he would say something as if he's like falling down a hill backwards, like it's the hill you're dying on. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so people were talking about the price, like 50 G's. Yeah. The maxed out one is 50 G's plus the display. And so I was like, all right, well, this seems like it's, it's marketed towards, you know, like, like a movie studio or, or high end, uh, editing stuff like that, right? And especially the monitor, right? The monitor is not just a monitor; it's it's supposed to be like a professional uh, display, like a professional. Uh, I can't remember the term now, but anyway, I started looking around, and the XDR display is what ten thousand dollars or something like that. Uh, it's like six to seven k. Yeah. Okay. So six seven k. So I started looking around, and I found one made by Dolby that was like forty k new. So I was like, okay, this this makes sense, right? It's not, and that was like 1080p or something, right? Right, yeah. I, I couldn't believe the price tag, but I was like, okay, this makes more sense now. Like, sort of having an idea of who this machine is is like marketed for, and the actual price of the, it took me a while to find the price of one because most of the most of the vendors didn't actually list any prices online, right? You have to contact them directly to get a price. Um, but to me, I was like, okay, this makes sense, right? Yeah, you can make this thing cost fifty thousand, or you can make it cost five thousand. That's kind of cool, depending on the work that you're doing. That there's that much of a swing, right? A factor of of ten uh, on it. But um, yeah, that took up 
that took up a lot of my mental energy this week was like just stay off Twitter. Def- defending the most valuable company in the world. Yeah, I don't know why I need to felt the need to do that. This I was all, all fired up. When you think about it, the real problem is that like, yeah, this computer is like th- this, this computer should exist, but like the problem is it's not the computer that people want in the sense that yes, like 100%. what they want is a a mid range tower with with components that you can swap in and out. And you know, it remains to be seen if Apple will ever produce that computer again. You know, who knows? But like, uh, that's kind of like it's, I, th- I feel like it's just a just lashing out as a reaction to that, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I could totally see that as well. I want to share... I got to find this video. It should be in my history here. Um, I watched all the, like, the, the unboxing videos from all the big YouTubers and stuff, and it was all just fun to watch, mostly because like I don't normally watch that stuff, but like knowing that I'm never going to experience that, mm-hmm. that made it actually interesting to watch because it's just like I can live vicariously through this, and then that's it. I'm done. That's fine. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> but there was a really great review. Oh, I wish I could find the YouTuber... Uh, God. Anyway, where he just like sat in a recording booth with a bunch of like big name uh, audio song producer editors. I don't know the right term to use. And like literally just recorded them working, like making a song. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like the coolest thing because it's like I just didn't even know what the heck I was watching half the time. But it wasn't a review about the product. It was a review of like, oh, people are using this to get their work done. Yeah. Yeah. Again, no need to defend <laughs> Apple, but it's just uh, I, I knew. I mean, it's just it's the same cycle with everything. The, yeah. the, the 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 posts come out for two weeks, and then everyone forgets about it and moves on to the next thing, and and people go on living their lives. Yep, exactly. I that point that you made, like, why I I really enjoy watching people work, watching people do stuff, whether it's musicians or or artists or programmers. Like again, I mentioned Adam Latham before. He also has been. Uh, streaming, building these. Uh, so they're working on uh, Tailwind UI, right? Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that, actually. And so he's been live streaming them building pages and components with Tailwind, and he's kind of explaining the process and how he goes about it. I really enjoy watching that stuff or watching people use the tools that they're really familiar with. To me, that's there's something, I don't know, entertaining to me. Like when someone's it's really, cathartic. Yeah, it's cathartic. When someone's really proficient at something, just watching them do that thing. Uh, I've been getting back into guitar more lately. I feel like I'm starting to finally be in a place now where I can play and not, it doesn't feel like it doesn't remind me of working, you know, cause I used to do it so much. And when I would sit down, it wasn't fun. I was like, okay, I have to practice efficiently today. What techniques do I have to focus on? I have to have this routine. I have to do a B you know? So I finally starting to get to a point now where I don't have to do that. I can just sit down and play. So I've been, listening to a band called animals as leaders i'll share one of their videos uh and i think i shared a video with you rockwell earlier earlier this week and uh, yeah anyway this guy named tosin abasi just just a phenomenal phenomenal guitar player he plays eight string guitars and he does like bass slapping on them too it's really really cool stuff um but yeah there's something cathartic about just watching someone that's so good at doing something just be good at it was this the Rings of Saturn video? No. No, no, no. That was something different. That was a whole other fiasco. Uh, yeah, animals, yeah I'll, I'll post a link in the show notes to Animals as Leaders. It's heavy, but it's instrumental music. So I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's like, so a lot of Tosin's influences sound to me like jazz fusion, uh, like Frank Gambale. I'll put some, I'll put some links, but Frank Gambale or like Alan Holdsworth, uh, but in a metal, metal form. Uh, 
and like I said, he plays eight string guitars and stuff. I actually saw him a couple of years back and it was a really, really great show. But, uh, the rings of Saturn thing was also interesting too. Uh, I don't know how many people might like how people might care about this or whether they might not care about it, but basically there's been these people, uh, you know, just playing these really crazy licks. Uh, I feel like as years go on, people just get better at stuff. So like the, the shredders of today are probably more technically proficient than the shredders of the last generation, I feel. And so they're doing these, these crazy things with guitars and then there was this rash of like, oh, all these guitarists are just like recording it slower and speeding it up. And so then people started getting thrown under the bus like, e this guy's speeding it up, this guy's speeding it up, this, she's speeding her playing up, you know? And so that was, that was the whole thing. And then there was the whole accusations of him doing it live, oh, which is yeah. like, yeah, they call it that's miming. even worse. Yeah, they call it miming. Uh, where they just play the the guitar tra guitar tracks through the house, and then the guitar players and the musicians are essentially unplugged, yeah. playing air guitar. Yeah, air guitar. Exactly, air guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wild. I mean, obviously these guys are professionals. They're not doing that, and you can understand why people would think that because it's like it seems impossible how good they are. Yeah, and but the ones know, that were sped their up lives, were, right? were pretty obvious. But okay, there are people who are actually doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't use Instagram, so I don't. I didn't see any of it. Uh, but a lot of it was happening on on Instagram clips. Drama on Instagram drama, that doesn't sound yeah. right. Yeah, drama on social media, technology. Mm. Yeah, Tech doubt exactly. But what were, well, what we've were run the about? gamut. <laughs> yeah, we've really run the gamut on topics here. Oh yeah, so from, uh, I picked up a dream machine. It seems <laughs> really cool. I'll talk more about about that. But yeah, it, it seems like it's they have all these you know these pieces and they just sort of. It's like the GraphQL. Uh, it's like the GraphQL of Unify's product line, right? I want to also point out this other awesome product with it, which they have, that also was announced at the same time as the Dream Machine, and they call it. Does it have a name? No, it doesn't have a good name. It's called Unify Redundant WAN over LTE. So literally, this is like it looks like a Pringles can. <laughs> <laughs> half a Pringles can. You took a Pringles can, you just sawed it halfway down the middle. And you plug it into your dream machine or whatever network you have. And if the local internet fails, it automatically fails over to LTE. Hmm. Which is like, sounds stupid, but like there's tons, of, you know, for the normal home internet situation, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. But for places that are remote, for places that lose power, for... uh you know, I mean, it's, it's just it's just cool to have that extra chain of like reliability. It's also insanely cheap, you know, for that for that having that guarantee. Well, think about so I thought yeah, that was think, really cool. Think about like a fire station or um, an ambu, you know, like where uh, ambulance house is not the right way to say that. Uh, ambulance house, the hospital. Uh, you know what I mean? Just stuff, stuff like stuff like that. It's this where the ambulances go to sleep at night. Yeah, I mean it's it's cheap insurance. Like yeah. again, it's it's pretty pretty neat. I just fast need, deployment. I just need to talk about yeah. the fact that you sidestepped my my uh, dream machine is the GraphQL of Unified's offering. I felt like that was a really good. Oh. <laughs> That's one hell of a segue. Yeah, I thought that was a really good uh, analogy or comparison comparison there. Why? Uh, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're giving you a unified interface for working with all this stuff, right? They're taking all these different like services and mashing it together in one one tool for you to interact with. Okay, okay, I, I buy it. You buy it. Thank God. Would be cool. Would be cool if they 
provide an API. I wonder if they do. Probably. Imagine all the cool stuff we could do with that. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool. Well, it's probably a big security risk too. Speaking of segues, uh, I think this might be our last show of the of the year of 2019. Did you get me a segue for Christmas? A segue. Oh, uh, so I had to think about what a segue was for a minute. Now you get hurt. <laughs> I wear a helmet. I promise. It hurts your elbows. I hurt my gut for not walking around. Well, Santa Cruz is full of segways. There actually, it used to be full of segways. Uh, before I moved to Vermont, there were a couple of different Segway tour companies and they were the bane of my existence because what would happen is they have this little Segway course and so they basically like have you drive around in a figure eight. They have little mini cones and stuff. And then they would set these people loose on the town and they would just break all the bike and traffic laws. And uh, I almost had a few bike collisions with Segwayers that... Because Santa Cruz has a lot of hills in it too. And so I had a few... Uh, uh, near near collisions with segways where people like couldn't stop themselves from coming down a hill or weren't paying attention, were just like going into the street or just driving all over the place. So I'm not really fond of segways. I mean, to be to be fair, most pedestrians using their feet also have those problems. So yeah, that's it's just uh, exacerbating. This is, this is true. Um, but uh, yes, speaking of segways, and this being the last show of the year. Uh, wanted to just think about 2019 a little bit. Oh God, is it, is it 2020 already? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened to this year, dude? I'll tell you what happened to this year. Pull requests. Tell me, please. Uh, Slack messages, <laughs> um, emails, push notifications. It's a yeah, a blur of push notifications and alternating by moments of do not disturb turned on. You know what I've been coming back to recently, and I've, it's been really actually great for me mentally. Uh, is is a long time ago I talked about this app called Focus. I think the URL is heyfocus.com. But what I do now is I have it set to a schedule. So every every morning at 9 a.m., my computer automatically turns on do not disturb mode and will not let me get to YouTube. <laughs> and then every day at 5 p.m., it automatically turns off do not disturb and then I can get to YouTube. And, you know, a bunch of other sites and stuff too. But I just, Slack is, I, I'm coming to realize more and more just how bad slack is for me specifically being the only technical person at this company there's just so there's like issues where i need to be able to respond real time right like i need to be able to respond quickly to certain classes of bugs and things like that but i it's again it's me personally but i always feel just like i have to respond right away someone shared something in the marketing channel oh okay hey thanks for sharing this i'll read it like Number one, like me responding to that message broke my concentration that I had going elsewhere. Number two, I contributed nothing valuable to that conversation because I haven't read it yet, you know. But I find myself doing this all the time. I just swipe to the right because I use different spaces. I just swipe to the right and just start looking at stuff, you know, and I shouldn't be doing that. So, uh, yeah, so I've been using Hey Focus. It, it turns on do not disturb mode, so I'm not disturbed. And... I I just check Slack when I want to, and uh, the team knows that if there's like a super emergency, they have a way to like ping me directly. And I've been trying to just implement that that protocol, I suppose. And the last couple of weeks have been nice. Yeah, it's interesting because like Slack is really a symptom of the problem, right? They had a really good discussion on Accidental uh, Tech Podcast last week or a week before about read receipts or read receipts, if you prefer, on iOS and whether you have them on or off. And I always have them on because I want them to be on. I want people to, to, like, 
I prefer to know when people read my messages, mm-hmm. but then I realized that like, I don't necessarily want, <laughs> it's kind of a double standard, yes, right? Yes, like yes. I want to be able to respond to my messages uh, on my own time, basically asynchronously as an email. I don't want to feel pressured to uh, respond to something. And so I actually turned red receipts off and then like, and I think it's the same problem with Slack where like you, if you don't establish the expectation early on about how quickly you're going to respond to something or if you're going to respond to something or, you know, what you choose to interact with, like it just gets out of hand. I'll just, I'm not going to say any names, but uh, I've been working on this website for uh, my flight club. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're just want to make some changes and stuff. And I kind of took over ownership of that because, you know, I'm a, a glutton for punishment, I guess, in WordPress. And so one, all of a sudden, like people started pinging me all day, like, Hey, can you change this? Can you change this? This is wrong. And, like, not just email, but like phone calls. Right. Oh. And I had to be like, listen, I'm working. I'll get to this. Send me an email. I'll work on it during the evenings, you know? And like, that was all I needed to say. And then like, boundary established you know what i mean uh hopefully i didn't come off as a dick but i just like again manage that expectation and uh i'm like i'm always trying to get better at that because slack is such a the signal noise ratio there is so low especially if you've got like bots in there or any kind of automatic notifications where you just your brain is already filtering them out but you're still distracted man that's a that's a mess that's a mess there's a new year's resolution for you out there Rain in your Slack notifications. Rain in, yeah, rain it in. Or even not oh, even, maybe not even have Slack open all day long. That's something I've been wondering Ooh. about too. Ooh. So like part of the reason I have it all open all day long is is because of, I do have some robot stuff. Like I have a Sentry channel. Uh, so if you know, a bug does happen, I get notified a Sentry error. Um, I have an exceptions channel. So like say Elasticsearch Elastic timed out or something like that, I get notified of that. So... Like if things go down and things go bad, Slack robots notify me of that. But that's really the only reason I have it open all day long. I could I could set a timer and just open it every every couple of hours and look at stuff, right? Uh, in fact, like that's what Lindsay tells me to do. She's like, just ignore us. We'll get a hold of you if we really need you. You know, something really is going on. Uh, we'll be able to get a hold of you. We have your phone number. We have your email address. You know, we'll be able to to get a hold of you. So. Uh, maybe I should look at I, there's there's some different like menu bar apps right for the Mac that allow you to set up some sort of notifications for yourself. But maybe that's what I'm searching for is a way to separate the things that I really need to know about in a timely fashion with the stuff that I need to respond to every now and then. And that's really the problem with Slack is it's so flat and unfocused. Like there's no levels of urgency there. Like there's no way to really filter through that Mm -hmm. and i also just want to say like i don't know if i would argue that a tool if you're searching for a tool to solve (laughs) the problem you're solving the wrong problem right like you're not gonna the tool is not gonna change your behavior like you just need to fix the the underlying problem so yeah yeah there's there's lots of there's lots of problems there (laughs) to unwrap point i mean come lay lay on my couch and we'll talk about them it's true I, i need that i need that i need that that's maybe that's why I'm looking so forward to like finding a community in 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 um <clears throat> Santa Rosa to get to get more of of that because like Discord is great like I've made a lot of really good friends there or just online in general but it's not it's not the same as sort of in person away from the screen sort of stuff so 
Um, but yeah, I guess circling back around to like the 2019 stuff, I, that really sums up the year is just the grind. <laughs> uh, when I, when I think about it and that could just be my current state of mind, but when I think of 2019, it's just like the, the year of the grind. Like we had Paul, Paul got his dream gig. So he went there, which is great. You know, I'm still happy for him. Uh, but yeah, it just puts, puts more pressure on me, I suppose. Um, and also in other areas too, like, you know, another point I had for my 2019 thinking was like business 101. I didn't get in technology because I was excited about business. Uh, and, and so I'm trying to make up some ground there and think about design collective, uh, from just a strictly non-technical way, I guess, because now I, now that it's just me, I do have more designed decisions to make i do have more business decisions to make and things like that it's not purely technical so a lot of 2019 was about business 101 um and now this is our third year we've been around for a while and so now we have enough historical uh uh stuff to look at to say like is this process working do we need to tweak it like does onboarding work the way we have it now previous to that it was like we just need to have onboarding period now it's like is it working? Can we do it better? And so Chad actually came up with a couple of interesting ideas that are performing way better, which is really cool. Uh, and I would love to see more of that in 2020. Um, but a large part of 2019 for me was just learning to think about Design Collective as a business and not as a collection of servers. <laughs> the servers are just a means to the end. Yes, 100%. Yep. It's hard to get out of that mindset when you're knee deep in 17 modules. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Elasticsearch is timing it out again, Paul. We can talk more about that. I got a solution. Um, but anyway, yeah, so so 2019. <laughs> Let's not. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what about you? You you said a grind, but like uh it's not like a, you did a like a a march forward without looking back. Like your your grind was kind of more uh I don't know, thoughtful. Like like you were putting a lot of it seemed like you were spent a lot more time planning uh you spend a lot of time sort of refactoring removing things right think of all the code that you deleted and all the code you still have less to delete yep uh right simplifying the api simplifying sort of you know breaking the code out in different contexts and structure and like uh yeah it's been a lot of work but it hasn't been just like throw stuff against the wall seeing see what sticks that was last year right this has been more yeah, you're making improvements and features and growing, but uh, sort of more evolving than growing, yeah, yeah, right? Definitely, hundred percent. And that was one of my points too: is simplification. Uh, I think, yeah, I only, I only had a, f- a few points, and those were most like most of them. And the last one was simplification. Just like you said, trying to roll things back, right? So, like, do we really need Redis? No, we don't. Let's get rid of it. For example, um, a lot of refactoring, but really like. In, in everything, just trying to keep things as simple as simple as possible. So what would you say, what would be the thing you're sort of most proud of having worked on, either technically or business-wise, or, you know, what, what would you think you're like, your, your most, I don't want to say important accomplishment, what do you feel most satisfied with this year? Mm. Put you on the spot. I don't know, man. Is it a particular feature or like, or a particular part of the business that maybe you didn't expect to like catch on the way it did? Oh yeah, so yeah, so we've always had this idea of like a companion app to Design Collective, just a different, a different um, 
in a different space, I guess. And uh, so we've been kicking the tires on that and just sort of, even though we don't have this like new system built out, like eventually we want for it, we can make it work with some manual work with what we have now. And so we've been kicking the tires and we tested the system out with a manufacturer and um, they sold uh, 75 grand in the inside of five days. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was all stuff that they were, they had just sitting on the floor. So it was like final sale and it was manufacturer sending, I guess like to roll back, uh, I'll, I'll touch on your point. Like, what do you feel most satisfied about? So it was all stuff that was just sitting there and they want to sell it. Uh, you know, so they have to like have people call and whatever. Um, but we have a collection of, we essentially have a buying group, right? So, uh, we were just like, Hey, all of you, we worked out this deal with this other manufacturer. So all of you get a special price, have at it. And they sold 75 grand inside of four or five days. Um, and what felt good about that was there's a lot of stuff happening in the industry. And I guess this is just part of capitalism, part of business, right? So there's a lot of things happening in the industry where the the traditional flow was you have a a manufacturer, they sell it to a retailer, like a store, you go to the store and you buy the piece. That's, that's like the life cycle, right? So the internet comes in and the stores start selling online, but also some of the vendors do as well. So the manufacturers can sell directly to consumers. So um, that's an industry term, direct to consumer, probably in a lot of industries, but in furniture, it's happening a lot. So you have these manufacturers directly going to Wayfair House and Perigold selling directly to consumers, which are bypassing the, the brick and mortar stores completely, which hurts them a lot. Hurts them. It puts them out of business essentially. So uh, that's one thing we're trying to combat, right? So, Part of the way to combat that is, you know, these these smaller stores need to up their game and increase their, you know, visibility online and have an online store and do all this marketing. That's why Design Collective exists, to sort of automate that all for them. But there's this whole other segment of the business that doesn't directly focus on um, selling something to a consumer, right? So... Initially, when I was thinking about Design Collective, I'm thinking, okay, a store is going to make money because someone buys something from them. But there's the opposite side. A store can essentially make money because they have to spend less money stocking their store, right? And and so I think what I'm most proud of this year is starting to dig more into that side. Like, like I said, thinking about Design Collective more as a business and less as a collection of servers or an e-commerce platform, right? That That moment where I realized, oh, this is what Lindsay actually means. She's not meaning that uh, the stores only need an e-commerce platform to make money. They can essentially be making money by spending less money because we're uh, we're working with manufacturers to give them a special deal, if that makes sense. That's a really, really good answer. <laughs> that's not at all what I was expecting, but that's, that's really, really great. Uh, as a consumer of products, like you don't realize all these backdoor deals that are going on behind the scenes to like get the product to you and sell it to you. And, oh, uh, yeah, it's being, so much, you know, being, being, being privy to that, like and understanding how the business works and that, uh, you know, yeah, this thing you built is cool, but it actually enables you to, to, you know, get stuff done. Like <laughs> that's, that's a uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, now, cool. now that I'm thinking about it, there's all, there's some, there's like a lot of interesting avenues, right? So when you start thinking about, 
manufacturers and stores sort of, you know, like the same sofa might be stored in five different stores. If you go to Design Collective, part of our mission is to shop locally because it's better for the environment, it's better for your local economy, all that stuff, right? The whole sales pitch. Well, you can add this to your cart and you can ask us about shipping and be like, oh, we found it 10 miles away from you. Would you rather just go pick it up? Would you rather someone just come drop it off at your house? You know? And we started to see more of that happen too as we have more stores. And that's been pretty cool to see because that's something that's close to me is like thinking about if I can get you to drive down the street to pick up a sofa, then that sofa didn't have to get put in a semi and shipped across the U.S. to get to you, right? So that's a lot of emissions. It's a lot of waste that's that's solved. So that probably trumps the other side of it now I'm thinking about it. Uh, but what about you? How has 2019 been for you? So... I gave this a lot of thought. I'll tell you that uh, in the two minutes before we recorded <laughs> the show, I jotted down a whole bunch of ideas. I'd like to group it into two areas of improvement, technical and business wise. <laughs> Those are not the same word. Anyway, technical for me is pretty easy. Uh, it's all about this year has been all about Nuxt. It's been all about Phoenix all about all about tailwind mm. it's about that core stack you know uh 2018 i had the like the inkling you know the the uh the seed was planted i was learning i was growing i was trying to figure out how all the pieces fit together this year has been launching things producing things and learning to be proficient and productive with that stack i should also you know Honorable mention to GraphQL and Absinthe, right? That whole thing. Right. That that set of tools has uh, grown with the business and is proved to be just just a great fit. It's very empowering for you know, like to be able to know I can get from point A to point B, and I can see all the steps, and it's just time and work, mm-hmm. and that's really, really, really powerful. Uh, that's one of the greatest feelings for me uh as someone who likes just making things whether it's hardware or software or i'm in the wood shop or like whatever seeing how the pieces fit together it's always been sort of my strong suit is connecting the dots that's why like i really love the interaction of hardware and software and sort of designing hardware which i've been doing a lot of lately and i'm probably not gonna have time to talk about this week but i really want to (laughs) and um so, but having that, that stack that lets me do what I need to do and, uh, is reliable and is well supported and well documented. That's just, you just can't beat that man. It's just great. It's just great. Nuxt has been awesome for the front end. Obviously, uh, Phoenix have had some bumps, but it's just been a learning experience and like everything is just better for that. And we're moving towards all Phoenix eventually. So like, you know, uh, yeah, man, that's been that from the technical perspective, that's been really what this has been about. And, and, uh, I just wanted like quick tangent. I recently started picking up work on one of my iOS apps again, and it requires a very large server component to get it sort of working. And guess what I'm doing for that? <laughs> that server component. It's Phoenix, it's GraphQL and uh tailwind. And I'm actually using live view instead of Nux because I don't want to deal with Nux. Live view is fine for this uh, use case sure, yeah. and you know what it's just like i can just deploy it and go it's literally running on gigalixer right now like that's how fast i am 
at this stack now. That's no, that's great because in thinking about, I don't know how long we've been talking uh, to each other on the show now, uh, but this feels like a very, it's very stark contrast compared to, I, I would want to say like a year ago or something like that, talking to you. And I remember when we first started chatting, you were sort of frustrated with a lot of things, just not being able to go out the door, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that. And so you say that, and I remember that now. I kind of blocked that out, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a night and day difference hearing you talk about it, which is really cool. We'll call it the Nuft stack, Nux Phoenix and Taylor. The Nuft stack, Nuft Nuxt. What's N U P H T? Nuft. I Nuft. like it. The Nuft you stack. Got to fit graph. Can you fit a Q in there? No, probably not. Uh, Absinthe, maybe. Know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Find something. I like there. the Nuft stack. Yeah, it's great. Like it's been really, it's been working for Design Collective too. You know, I wish there's various states of refactoring happening and and things like that. But yeah, I think like Absinthe is working really well for us. The mutations have been great. Uh, in fact, I on Friday, I think I might have shown this to you. So there's a couple of ways you could serialize uh, Ecto change set errors into GraphQL, and I think we just grabbed the one from the absinthe docs. And so I modified it a little bit. Uh, and essentially it just spits out an array of error messages. And I have a small function on the front end that takes that array of error messages. Then automatically we use a library called vvalidate. So it automatically uh, formats the array of messages and injects them into the vvalidator instance. And so that way with one function call on the front end, I can take a direct a list of errors from GraphQL and have them shown in all like the form field helpers and stuff. So you're kind of you're sort of wrapping the errors in a different object type, or you're actually returning them from the like the errors field on the uh, on the GraphQL thing. Oh uh, yeah, so or you make your own errors object. Exactly. Yeah. So it comes it comes back uh, with GraphQL, so you get like data and errors, right? Um, and so errors, it just has is just an array of uh, I guess on the Linux side, it's a list of, um, uh, it, it says, I think it's field and message is what it gets back. So field would be the basically what's in the model and message would be what you want to show to the user. And so it uses the get text and everything. So Phoenix's error, it, it, Phoenix ships with a little, what's it called? Translate errors, I think. It ships with a little helper function that does- Traverse, traverse errors. errors. Yeah, it ships with that helper function. Basically, it traverses the- the the ecto change that output and it pipes it through get text because if you don't do that it actually so like if you have like a uh, must be greater than zero uh, without passing it through get text it'll say like the message would be like must be greater than parenthesis bracket and uh, bracket right so there's like a little um, there's a little piece of data that needs to be interpolated so you pass that through get text and it does that for you sort of helps you format that stuff. Um, so yeah, outside of the other end, GraphQL comes like a list of nice messages. I just push that directly through into the validator instance and we're off to the races. It worked really well. Um, that's, that's I great. I forget why I started talking I about a, that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I had, a, I had a great discussion, uh, in the Elixir Slack this week and I kind of had existential crisis about what, what, what does it mean to have an error? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially in GraphQL terms, like as an error, an exception what if like i return okay but there's validation like when do i separate validation errors versus like something blew up right mm-hmm. uh still unclear about where i've landed on that but anyway 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> getting back to the 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 point, like yes, yeah. There's some decisions to be made there, but honestly, like it's the same problems we had to solve in REST world. Yeah. In terms of errors and response codes and stuff, like it, it's just it, it still is at least GraphQL is like one fewer things you ha- one fewer one less n minus one things you have to think about because like when you're designing API, it seems oh simple. Oh, I'll just uh, you know define my own. Uh, you know, API and just return JSON, except uh, form params, and it's fine. And then it's like, oh, what if I have to return an array? Oh, what if I have to return an object? How do I do filter params? How like there's all these like wheels you end up reinventing, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the tool set that comes with GraphQL, as you experience with Relay and all that stuff, has kind of already been solved for you. That's pretty nice. Documentation piece, of course, is nice, and. I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> bring it all back. Year of proficiency in the Nuft stack, the stack has been successful. Now, pivoting to the business piece of it, this would all be pointless if I was just developing in a vacuum, which sometimes it feels like you are. But you're actually developing a thing for people to use, customers, so they can give you money. And yes, uh, our business from the day one has been unique in that no one else is doing what we're doing. Like there's, there's not, there's nothing, there's no one else. And, uh, that's cool, but it's easy to get complacent in that mindset where what you have is already so far ahead of what everyone else is doing out there that it, you know, you don't want to just get lazy (laughs) <laughs> you know i you could just do the same thing i could have done nothing this year and things would have been fine i could have gone on vacation to california that's what people do in california right they're just they're just constantly on the beach yeah i don't and, know man because i'll be driving around and everyone's just like in the water eating burritos i'm like what are, what do you all do do you have <laughs> trust funds what's happening here i guess like they could say the same with me because i'm strolling around during the day but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, continue. Give me a soggy burrito. Yeah. So, but that doesn't stop us. And everything I just said sounds very, I don't know, self-centered, egotistical, ego-centric. Like, but I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Like, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here. It's just, it's just the way things are. And everything that we've done this year, like, just puts us further ahead of anything that anyone could come up with at this point, right? Like, we've got the solid foundation, and we just freaking rocketed ahead. That's great. Technologically, with everything that we've done. And there's still so much more to go. It's crazy how much cool stuff we're going to do, and want to do, and don't have the time to do. Oh, tell you me know? about that, yeah. Uh, I know, I know. I don't need to preach in the choir here, but... So, that's been very good for us. I, you know, there was, uh, there has been one other company that's tried to start up and complete compete directly with us using the same model, the same, you know, tactics, the same everything. Like they're just trying to copy paste, and it just it literally doesn't exist. You know, they keep saying they're going to launch, and then that date just flies by. And this has been months and months and months of hey, we're going to have announce this big thing, silence. Right. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's not it's not the pissing match it's just it's it's hard it's hard it's a lot of work and 
I can, you know, again, we're just so far ahead and we're, but, but we're doing it in the interest of not just like securing our business, but like to do really cool stuff because no one's doing it and we want to do the, you know, have the best experience for our users and, you know, with this new radios that we're doing and all this cool new, I mean, the whole new console on Nuxt where I can iterate on that and it's responsive and we're working on this cool new Electron desktop app that's going to have all these great integrations and like all this stuff that is everyone does right now piecemeal and it's garbage. We're going to do it nice and clean and um, I'm just kind of rambling at this point but that's 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 kind of what this year felt like you know we, we made a couple stumbles you know I, there's lots of good there's been obviously problems uh we're migrating to this kind of new architecture in terms of radios and that's been it's always going to have growing pains with that you know we're actually in this limbo state now where it's like literally 50 50 where half of us are half of the stations are on this old stuff half are on the new stuff and it's not a great place to be we're trying to push through that and that's been problematic from a support standpoint from an education standpoint Mm -hmm. from a technical support standpoint uh in terms of you know getting things working learning all the little bugs and stuff and uh we also tried some new business strategies you know we we tried adding this new pricing model that we knew people were going to use and they are using it but it actually ended up kind of undercutting our business a lot. Hmm. Like literally like affects the bottom line. Right. And like we I ran the numbers and I'm like, oh shoot, like this is this is a problem. So we're gonna we're gonna have to fix that for next year. We're gonna have to come up with a new plan because this new service, this new pricing that we offered, it was too good. Like right. <laughs> you know, it was cutting into everything else. So we're gonna have to figure that out. Like the Michael Scott paper company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully not that right, bad. Right, right. Didn't mean to insinuate, but that was just the first thing. That <laughs> I've been watching a lot of The Office lately. So that that's kind of what it's been like for me. I, I literally had to, when you said like, oh, let's talk about 2019, I had to like, I don't have a really journal or anything. I just had to scroll through my commit history for a couple of repos right. and be like, oh yeah, I did this and this and this. Because it's been, like you said, it's been such a blur. It's been such a grind. Uh, but it's all good, man. It's all good. It's been... It's been a it's a big year of big accomplishments, and I am, oh man, looking forward to the the long development runway ahead. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier we mentioned how by the end of the episode I'd be like slumped in my chair, my face matching the level of my microphone. That's happening right now. Just so you know, I'm I'm sitting sideways. <laughs> but no, that all sounds good. That I I like I like to hear that. Like you said like your year of efficiency really or proficiency like that resonates with me because i can see it from an outside standpoint i can notice it from here um and pulling away from the non-existent pack it feels like every few weeks you're showing me this cool thing i'm like wow this this seems wild you know uh in comparison to you know every you 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 do send me like if you find like a competitor's website you send that to me and i'm like this doesn't seem like it's in even in the same league you know so it's really cool to, to to hear and see that. Yeah. Again, I wish I had more time to talk about all the cool stuff I'm working on, but I'm too busy working on it to exactly. <laughs> talk about exactly. it. Uh, exactly. That's a good place to be, though. Yeah. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll reconvene in the new decade and talk about hopes and dreams for 2020 and what that's going to mean for us. Yeah. And for the show too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some. 
got some ideas. It just comes down to time, you know. It really just comes down to time. And I guess that's one of my goals for 2020 is 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 to build out more of a team. And I have a couple of people now. Uh, a shout out to new friend of the show, Jaggy. We've sort of known each other a little bit on Twitter here and there. Um, but he's doing some work with us, and it's been really great. He's he's in the Philippines, and so sorry, I got to ask: is that actually his name? You know, is that his like Americanized name? Because I don't, I, I don't care. It's an awesome name. For as long as I've talked to him, which has been several years, it's just been Jaggy. That's the only name I know him by. Just Jaggy. Jaggy. He's really cool. Um, but I would love to find more people like Jaggy. He's he's very good at what he does. He's very smart, very thoughtful, um, and. If I had like a single goal for 2020, it would just be to have more people like that around Design Collective uh, specifically. Like if I had a, a business goal, I guess really the other side of it would be consistency, right? Like if I show up every day and be consistent every day, then there are bigger things to work themselves out. But really, I, that's like what I long for, I think, maybe is to just have more of a team around me. That sounds like a very... <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding condescending. It sounds like a very mature goal, like from a, coming from a place of maturity in a personal and a business sense. Yeah, I mean, how's that? You know, I've had a, f- a couple of people reach out to me and just say like, "I sound tired," or they tell me like, "Hey, you sound tired. You're doing all right." Uh, just like with D- DK and everything, and and just being busy and being the only engineer and all that stuff, and. Like I, I do really appreciate people checking in on me because I just I just am tired. But uh, that's that's it's more like just realizing. <clears throat> I think friend of the show um, Noah said this thing to me a few weeks ago. He was like, really one of the biggest things is knowing where you're actually needed, uh, and that really struck me because I feel like I'm needed everywhere. I.e. the Slack conversation, but I'm not actually needed everywhere, and that's a big thing I need to figure out is when am I actually needed. And when am I actually hindering other people in my company's growth, like learning how to do things, upskilling by showing up all the time and, and tackling stuff for them, you know, that that's not sustainable. So yeah, 2020 goals, right? Yeah. Don't hashtag don't call it a resolution. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, what about, what about you? If you had like one or two things that you would want to strive for? Man, you know what? I have one goal for 2020, and that goal is to stop adding features. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's oh God, it's such a such a false dichotomy, right? Because you can't not add features. Like that's not it's not possible. But man, you can push back as hard as you can. You know, hashtag don't call it a rewrite. But like, there's a lot of work that needs to go on under the hood. We've always talked for years about making the business self-sustaining, hands-off, like minimal interaction, yeah, self-healing, don't have to manage. Like, oh my God, the billing right now, such a nightmare. We've got fresh books. We've got 17 different list documents in Basecamp 2. Not even Basecamp 3, Basecamp 2. Lists of users on different plans. Oh my god. It's it's like it's like having paper receipts. It's like driving me crazy, man. Right. Stuff like that just needs to go away. It just needs to be it just needs to be like three buttons like r- to run the company. That that's my goal for 2020s. Get this get this cool stuff we're working on out the door. Bug fixes only. Self-sustain the business. That's my goal 
for lots of reasons, make our lives easier. And so I can spend more time working on other cool stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to for me. So, uh, if, if I was to point my finger at one thing, that's, that's what it's going to be. Knock on wood that here, <laughs> that I'm actually able to do that. It's going to require a lot of discipline, a lot of pushback, a lot of self-discipline. So, you know, yeah. just like anything, just throw it in the air and we'll see what happens. It makes me think like, what are my three buttons? You know, what are <laughs> buttons? If, you, if you could, if you're on a desert island and you can only remotely control your app with three buttons, what would they be? Don't answer the question. Just uh, thought, thought, thought experiment, experiment, homework. Yeah. yeah, we better wrap up. Huh? It's been a while. People are probably getting tired of listening to this. They want to go spend time with, spend time with their families over the holiday. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually, like I said, I'm moving tomorrow, which is the 14th, and I'm leaving for two weeks on the 17th uh, to go see my family. So busy, busy few weeks. But um, yeah, I would love to hear, we would we would both love to hear any, any sort of feedback or thoughts on today's episode. And we'd also love to hear like what people, how people did this year, what they struggled with, what they did well, you know, uh, everything we talked about today, we want it to be sort of a community thing, right? So we want to hear how you all are doing as well. Thoughts, hopes, dreams, successes, failures, Recipe. lessons learned, Recipes. lessons repressed, recipes. Yeah. Recipes for salsa. I'm very hungry right now, so I'm just thinking. I was looking at a, a cornbread earlier, so cornbread recipes would be great. Mm. You know, it's one of those things that I just store by. It's freaking great. It's good enough. Good enough for mm, me. But every, have you ever had fresh jalapeno cornbread? <clears throat> Come to Santa Rosa, I'll make you some. Don't have to ask me twice. If you want to send us cornbread and jalapeno recipes, Twitter at DNC Cast. Sean, you never corrected me. I, I said DNC Show for like a year and a half. Oh, uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Clearly. DNC Cast on Twitter. Sean, that's why I have people have been tweeting us. I've been saying the wrong thing. <laughs> and it was impossible to find us otherwise. Sean is Sean Washbot, and I'm Shrockwell. Uh, if you want to listen to some pretty wild guitar playing head on over to dnc.show and in today's show notes there will be links to who did i mention specifically tosin abasi uh and the other guitar player in animals as leader animals as leaders is javier reyes uh and i'll also post a link to alan holdsworth rest in peace died last year and um frank gambale they're they've I've been listening to a lot of those four specific uh, musicians recently. So if you want, if you're interested in listening to any of that stuff, you want to have your ears melted, head to dnc.show and check it out. There you go. We'll also post those over on spectrum.chat where you can have a little discussion with us and say hi, post comments, questions, suggestions, recipes, sweet licks. Mm. It's all there. Tasty licks. Yep. 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 And, uh, yeah, Thanks to Spec for having us. I mean, I say this all the time. Uh, sometimes it feels routine, but I really am thankful uh, that they keep us around. They keep putting us out there. And uh, if you're interested in other design and developer-related shows, you should definitely head on over to Spec.fm and, and check them out. Yeah, I mean, Sean says it every week, but I'd like to say it as well. To wrap up the year, it's been a great year with Spec. Sarah's been awesome to us. All the sponsors have been great. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening and hitting us up on Twitter and Slack and all the places where you reach us uh, it's really great to hear from you guys we love it and uh, hope to hear from you more in the future yeah that's that's pretty much it 
So, thanks. Yeah. This episode of Does Not Compete was edited by Mikhail Delport and produced by Sarah Jackson. And I will see you next year in Santa Rosa. I'm coming out. Yeah, you should come up here and uh, I'll make cornbread and stuff. Ooh. Will you share some of your uh, your solar-powered battery with me? Yeah, we can go to the park. Oh, nice. Go to the dog park and let Watson do whatever he does at the dog park. <laughs> Sounds good. But uh, I actually have to put this a table in the U-Haul over here. Oh my god! Yeah, I will. Uh, it's like the last the last train out of. Uh, oh god, lost the meme. Don't worry about it. Lost the reference. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you all on the other side of the bay, I guess. Yeah. All right. Good luck with your move, man. All right. See ya. See ya.